before we begin today's show, the return of basketball is right around the corner, which we talk about in today's episode. But guess what? Baseball begins its season later this week, and I know our friend Buster only has been waiting months for this very moment. He's got a daily baseball podcast called Baseball Tonight, which has been going on every single day throughout the pandemic. Pretty amazing. Baseball Tonight, you can subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA and this is becoming a tradition. It is a tradition unlike any other. I can definitely say that. Joining us from the bubble at Walt Disney World is Malika Andrews. Malika, week three of, of 17 or whatever it is. Uh, how, how are you doing? Well, I wouldn't have known it was week three unless you had just told me. So I appreciate the the time, the, the calendar check You're because I'm, I'm starting to lose track of time in here. <laughs> You're just wasting a uh, valuable summer of your life. Don't worry about it. You'll never get it back. Um, so I have a serious question here. Um, it leads me to, I think, a development in the, in the bubble. Where are you going to get your coffee? Oh, Brian. Because from what I understand, there's been a development in coffee that also pertains to the development and what's going on in the bubble. Brian, you're, you're starting off the podcast by making me sad. Oh man. So I, I, I'm not, I, I just told you, I'm, I'm not just a coffee drinker. I'm a coffee addict and I have sampled the Keurig selection that is in my room and I will drink it if I have to, because I think part of being a writer and reporter is that you have to take pride in, in drinking even the worst coffee, but I don't like it. And so then I ventured into the lobby and I tried the coffee that a very wonderful Disney employee who was very friendly made, but the coffee just wasn't quite right. So then I ventured across the lobby into the, the, red zone the the no-go area anymore into the players lobby and that is where the best lattes and cappuccinos reside but after today this morning i savored that latte because i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> so this is part of a thing that the league has decided in last week you told us you were telling us about how things were going and you told us uh, about how you were you noticed that um players from different teams were having uh, meals together, which yeah. I assume that you saw as you walked through the common areas of the of the hotel that you're in, which um, the, the the you know, I think it's well known now you're at the Coordinado Springs right. and you're in what's the tower that you're in? I um, am in and they are in the Grand Destino Tower Correct. and you know, they have a shared lobby. and um, so you were able to sort of be around the players and you described how you noticed, People were eating with players for their teams. Um, it was a, a comment that launched a hundred, maybe not a thousand, but a hundred uh, conspiracy theories about. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just that comment, but you know, there's there's conspiracy theories about how, you know, yeah. in two or three years we're going to have the <laughs> right. We're going to have the Grand Destino three or the Grand Destino yeah. four, um, and so the NBA has done what uh, effective immediately. Um, cut you off, right? 
Correct. So my credential that I had to walk around campus uh, looked the exact same as the players. And today I got a knock on my door and said, here's your new credential. And now that credential, instead of being green, has red and green stripes on it, um, which is an indicator to the numerous security guards and I, I sort of call them I jokingly call them mall cops because they you know some of them ride around on bikes they kind of don't really have the same uh, gravitas as as law enforcement but the the mall cops that are all around campus will now there are signs that say which credentials are allowed at which point and if you have the wrong credential, which in this case is any credential besides a yellow and green or straight green credential, you will be asked to turn around at those checkpoints. So there's about a quarter mile of campus that is now open to us at where it used to be kind of a free run a little bit of, of campus. Um, so, so that's kind of the change that was made today, which means. And, know, and this was, this was planned or this is unexpectedly maneuvered. Um, it was it was told to us over the weekend. So initially, I'm not sure too there was too much one. too too much freedom. Correct. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, the NBA uh, for for better or worse. Uh, we're going to talk about this a little later on in the pod after we let you um, get some sleep. But the NBA is is uh, really locking down with information and locking down, and um, I guess it's. Um, it's understood because of the pandemic there's just, you know, and, and the nature of privacy, but this is, um, this is unusual. You know, it's summer league, uh, which is the only thing comparable to this, you know, the media is permitted to be in the spaces where the players move. Um, everybody's being tested every day. It's not a, it's not an issue of, of uh, health and, and and safety, it's an issue of yeah locking down, right? I mean, there's no other way well, to say it. They are locking it down. We're in an interesting. I, I, we're in an interesting spot, Ryan. Right? Because I, I a story I think that illustrates this is the other day I was standing at a live shot location, and the live shot locations where we are filmed to do our our hits for Sports Center and other shows have to be pre-approved by. Disney, um, which not ESPN, even though, yes, that is our parent company, but the Disney uh, property PR coordinators on site, as well as the league has to approve where we can stand and shoot. So we were standing in one of those pre-approved spots. Um, my producer, Melinda, who we've talked about before, was setting it up when a NBA security uh, person approached her and uh really, you know, bluntly and somewhat rudely was questioning why she was there. And when she explained, he didn't believe her. Um, so uh, uh, NBA staff had to come over and kind of defuse the entire situation. But I say that because at the very end of that interaction, he said, you know, I don't appreciate, you know, this back and forth that we've had. And we said, we don't really appreciate it either. He said, I'm just trying to ensure players privacy. And I said, kind sir, I, I, completely understand but so much of what I do is in spite of players privacy and so because we have people protecting players privacy and people covering uh, the league in some ways in spite of players privacy that is creating an inherent uh, conflict if you will that the league is now having to address because what do you have access to and they have kind of decided to 
really backpedal what it is exactly we are allowed to see under the name of, well, players need to be able to live their lives. But interestingly, Brian, players can come over to our side, our space, whenever they choose to. The only people that the restrictions are placed on are us. Well, look, I'm not trying to find out who's coming and going at any one time. I'm not trying to find out what they're having for dinner. Of course. Um, I would like to know who is actually freaking there. And, and we will tomorrow. <laughs> and and um, the league, quite frankly, has been acting like a fashion. No, I'm not going to say that. The league, quite frankly, has been acting, um, you know, completely opaquely. And, um, I don't understand why I understand if, if a player doesn't want to have it known that he has contracted the virus or if he has to leave, why he has to leave, that is fine. But it is completely reasonable under the circumstances that we have, whether you can say whether a player is there or not. And for the last two weeks, we have not been able to find that out and it's gotten even tougher. And um, I don't think that the league is uh, I think that somebody's got to somebody's got to call the league on it, and that somebody is going to be me. Okay, so um, I'll be watching very closely um, how, th- how you know how much is available. You know, um, what are you expecting to once practices start to come open? Because am I not am I not correct in saying <laughs> that you were told in the last week which teams you were allowed to go see and in and, correct. And, so they were and like, my suspicion is players, the teams that we now know have confirmed uh, at least one person not with them, the Milwaukee Bucks and Eric Bledsoe, uh, the Lakers. Um, we have, speci- I, I, it, the common denominator, it seems to be, and it'll be confirmed tomorrow when all the practices that are being held must be open, um, that the, the teams, not the majority of the teams that we have been um, that have declined to allow us in because it's a the the league brings our requests to the teams. The teams say yes or no. The common denominator between a lot of those teams, frankly, seems to be that those those teams are missing people. And the interesting thing is that tomorrow, when all of these practices are supposed to be open, now the Clippers have already canceled theirs, for instance, um, but when all of the practices are open, is that it will become very clear very quickly who isn't there. It's not necessarily a, a, a why, and it, it's, uh, but it'll become, very, it'll become clear very quickly who isn't there. However, Brian, um, the practices, I expect, to look very different than the practices that we're used to covering and I you know not to to weigh down in minutiae but 10 people are allowed into each practice you have to RSVP and the league will put a cap on how many people are allowed in that practice and when you walk in usually you know you kind of can uh walk up and down the sidelines you chat with people we're essentially going to be given a place where we can stand like an x marks the spot and you don't move off that spot that's where you get to observe your 15 minutes of practice from. I find that reasonable under these circumstances that you want to limit contact and space. And social distancing. Yes. Um, I do not find it reasonable that the league can just flat out say, we're not going to tell you who is physically there. 
Um, and uh, it is an agreement that was made between the players union and, and, uh, and the league and they did it. And um, uh, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, treating their fans honestly. And um, I also don't think it's appropriate even under the pandemic situation. Um, hey Malika. So. Yes. Howdy. Voice from beyond. Uh, what's uh, what's something that you did not expect now that you're in there for three weeks? Something that you didn't consider, even though you had considered very many things. That's a good question. Um, I don't think I considered how living and breathing the guidelines were going to be. I don't think I expected um, things to be ironed out quite so much in real time, especially given the, the, the safety protocol has really been nailed down to a T. I will say that we're asked to put our symptoms into an app every morning. We're asked if you have you had a cough, have you had a fever, have you had over the past 24 hours? And one of the symptoms is a headache. And I, the survey said, have you ever had a headache in the past 24 hours? Uh, this was on Saturday. And I said, yes, I had a, a raging headache for about two hours on Friday. Not that I thought at all was related to COVID, but I thought that I would put, I would be honest on the survey. I had had a headache in the past. I had four doctors from the NBA contact me that day to find out if I was okay, if I needed anything, if I thought it was a symptom of COVID, if there were any other symptoms I was experiencing, had it gone away? Did it go away with water? Did it go away with Advil? They wanted to know everything about it. So considering how locked down the safety processes, which is arguably the most important processes to nail in all of this, the movement on the fact that there was no signage for where the boundaries of campus were. The fact that we were given these proximity meter devices and the teams were too, but nearly all of the teams were delivered their devices without chargers. Um, the, the fact that um, the, the lighting in the practice facilities for the first day of practices was entirely too dark. Um, those little things, I don't think I expected so much to still have left to be worked on. That being said, the league, you know, when a problem is identified, they seem to quickly fix it. But, you know, what Brian asked about, if it was a planned change of the credentials, I, I don't believe it was planned initially. I think they had to see things come together before they could make those changes. And so I think the amount, the goalposts are kind of moved around what's allowed one day isn't allowed the next day. I think that all of that has caught me a little bit off guard, but I've kind of learned that the one consistency down here is there's a whole lot of being patient and rolling with punches. Um, and that's something that I don't necessarily think I expected. I'm glad the safety stuff is as buttoned up as it is, because as I've talked about on here, I'm a total germaphobe. Um, but I think that that's something that I, I really wasn't expecting for that to change um, quite so much because it's, it's very different than the, kind of well-ironed process that we're, we're used to with this league. All right, Malika. Well, thank you. Hang in there. Good luck on your coffee. Um, <laughs> I'm not a coffee drinker, it. so I can't offer any, uh, can't offer any uh, advice. Sorry. Well, that um, makes me sad, but I guess I will yeah. be able to live with it. 
Well, Rachel Nichols is in there, and Rachel uh, has a way of getting things done, and she likes her coffee. So let's see. <laughs> give Rachel so 48 me. Give her 48 to 72 hours, and let's see if uh, there isn't a barista dispatched over to the, the media gulag area. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, Malika. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Brian. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are uh, now joined from Seattle by the machine, Kevin Pelton. Kevin, great time to be in Seattle, despite the pandemic. Yeah, it is quite lovely here. And uh, as I see about how hot it is on the East Coast, the fact that it's like 80 right now, it's it's about perfect. Sheltering in place in Los Angeles is Om Young Masuk. Om, I hope you're doing all right. I'm doing great. Um, hope same for you and your family in the Midwest. Yeah, so um, we've just been talking a little bit with Malika. Um, I find it fascinating right now, Om. Uh, the Denver Nuggets... Um, I was talking with Malika about how everything is so sort of covered up right now and it's like under like an understanding, but it's kind of bogus. Um, Troy Daniels kind of slipped in a Zoom interview a couple of days ago and kind of revealed that there's only eight nuggets there, or at least there were only eight nuggets there. Um, now, Jokic has arrived, and supposedly, although the team, of course, can't confirm anything, uh, but Jamal Murray and Tory Craig were were supposed Gary. to arrive today, Sunday. Gary Harris. Oh, I'm Gary Harris, not not Jamal. Jamal Murray had already been there. I apologize, yep. Gary Harris. Um, oh, is this a problem that the Nuggets? Um, are missing half of their roster and no one's talking about it. Everybody's like, Hey, everything's fine. Just don't, whatever you do, don't ask. You know, we're not talking about the 14th place team here. We're talking about the third place team in the West, a team that especially in this, in this situation could fly out of this. I mean, no one's talking about the fact that half of their roster has been missing. Is anybody yeah. else worried about this? Or is it just me? <laughs> It's uh, it's been pretty frustrating, um, and you know I cover the Nuggets right now, and the Clippers and the Wizards, and uh, from the Clippers and Nuggets standpoint, they have both decided not to talk about players who are not there or who are even there, uh, and and so, you know we're not even, we're not there physically. We can't go in, and and this is why there's basically a shoot around created for the media, the media to go to shoot around because you see you take a head count, who's there. Who's not there? Uh, what happened to this guy? Why is he not here? Is he injured? Whatever. We can't do that right now. And we're not getting any word from these teams. They will neither confirm or deny if someone is there, which unfortunately makes it sound almost guilty by association that if you are not there, uh, people are going to assume that you have coronavirus. Uh, today, though, the, the, the Nuggets are finally getting closer to a little bit, getting closer to home. Gary Harris and Tory Craig are going to uh, arrive to Orlando and air quarantine. But it's bad. It's a bad situation from a practice standpoint for the Nuggets because, well, actually, I'm kind of obsessed a little bit with it because 
This means more uh, practice time and perhaps playing time in the scrimmages for Bowl Bowl, who I cannot wait to see. But Michael Malone has <laughs> actually joked that he'll have to play Bowl Bowl point guard if he he'll do it if he has to. But he has actually used Bowl Bowl on the perimeter at small four yes. and perhaps even two guard. Bowl Bowl is what seven? What is he? Seven, seven two? two? Yeah. And he, and he, and again, he probably wasn't supposed to say this. It was just a Zoom interview, and he kind of just like slipped, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, and oh, by the way, and, and not only just picture that, okay, but you also have Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap in the perimeter shooting more threes. But the primary ball handler, which you see often with the Nuggets, anyways, but also the de facto backup point guard, Nikola Jokic. Well, that's. I mean, he plays point guard for them sometimes, anyway. But, um. We're not allowed to ask about. We're not allowed to ask about guys who aren't there. We're not allowed to ask about Michael Porter Jr., who this would be potentially made for. Um, by the way, and as, and as a side note, Bull Bull was supposed to be a redshirt year because of his injury he had at Oregon, and now because of this situation, he actually may get some playing time, which is good for them. But they're trying to win the West, Kevin Pelton. <laughs> And at the very least, hold on to that third seed, which is vulnerable going into these eight seeding games. I mean, I think, you know, uh, above and beyond just the sheer numbers at practice and the difficulty of, well, how do you scrimmage five on five if you only have eight guys? I mean, I suppose some assistant coaches have to jump in at that point. It's also the distribution of this. I mean, the reason we're talking about Jokic playing backup point guard and, and Bull Bull playing on the perimeter is it's it's all their guards are the players who are not there, reportedly. Uh, you know, P.J. Dozier. Monte Morris, who are their backup point guards. Harrison and uh, and Torrey Craig helped that a little bit, but those are not guys that are really ball handlers, bring the ball up, initiate the offense players necessarily. Well, I hope everybody's healthy and okay. Um, obviously, I don't want to be callous here, but I also feel like there's some strange stuff happening. And, and what's happening with the Nuggets is just the biggest example of this. I mean, the Clippers... Um, who are, the, who are the Clippers that we know are not there, Ulm? We know um, that Montrez Harrell left. We know Marcus Morris, right, is not there. Yeah, Marcus Morris, Evisa Zubats, and Landry Shamit that we right. know of is not there. Now, Shamit has shown on Instagram story that he is nearing the end of his quarantine, I believe, in Los Angeles. And then he'll probably fly to Orlando. Then he has inner quarantine there. Um, but the Clippers, uh, all of a sudden, they have the deepest roster to me in the NBA, now are a little thin at big man uh, entering these scrimmages because it looks like they'll probably have to go with Jamichael uh, at center, Jamichael Green, and then Joachim Noah, and maybe Patrick Patterson. Well, look, at the end of the day, um, Clippers need to be, and Kawhi especially, needs to be at full speed in mid-August. They don't need to be at full speed now, and you just hope everybody is healthy and gets okay. It's just my point is, these are championship competing teams and again i brought this up a couple of weeks ago and you can brush this off and say that it doesn't matter but the league is in business with the sports books and has been going around the country spending millions of dollars on lobbyists trying to convince everybody that to, to buy our official data they're not even providing the official rosters i don't know how anybody could make any sort of a wager yeah on this at I all mean, in fact some Brian. of the books have pulled have pulled the some stuff off the board already I mean, I was, was told today, I was talking to one assistant coach who said that um, he had heard that the Suns can only do individual one-on-one workouts right now because they are undermanned and don't have a full roster down there as well. Yeah, I think we heard four Suns initially in the, before we even got to Orlando, four Suns, I believe, had tested positive, or three. Um, 
Uh, I know it's known who they are, but most of them have not uh, have not elected to self-identify, and so we're not going to do that. But I mean, I, I think okay, I'm going to get off the soapbox now. I've said my piece. NBA League Office, just save your phone call. I don't want to hear it. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Okay, so um, one thing that I have noticed, uh, thankful to all of the terrific, one thing that is not happening is that Nobody is apparently censoring, although I guess I tried to censor JR. <laughs> the content that's coming from the players on social media, which is terrific to consume, and I think is only going to stay terrific. But one of the things that's really um, gotten me is so interested in is the way that the different teams have basically set up home. And um, I've been paying attention to the Toronto Raptors. Now, granted, we've got 22 teams doing 22 different things. I'm not necessarily saying that they did it the best or they've done it better than anybody, but I've watched what they've done. So first off the Raptors, as you guys know, came to Florida at the end of June and uh, trained at uh, Florida Gulf coast um, down in the uh, Fort Myers, Naples area. Um, They have uh, buses that they wrapped in, in their team logo and black lives matter that I think they took the buses from Naples up to Orlando. Um, They, um, some people in their organization got family photos and put them in every single player's room, you know, so got them sent there and got them placed in the player's room. So when they got in the room, this place they were going to potentially be for three months, they felt a little bit more like home. Um, Masai Ujiri on a team, part of a team uh, media thing, took people on a tour. They've, they've taken over their an entire floor, um, uh, they've branded it with Raptors, um, uh, logos all up and down. You know, you get out of the elevator is a Raptors logo on the elevator doors. Um, like you were in the air Canada era, what's it called? Um, Scotiabank center. Um, <laughs> uh, every player's room is, is denoted as their room. They have, uh, a suite that's being used as a training room, which I'm sure most teams are, but they have a whole room that is just used as their post office to, to receive packages and any mail that everybody wants to send um, that's being run by their security guy, John, who's a great guy who I've known for years. Um, uh, uh, Kevin, have you seen this? I mean, uh, I know some other teams are doing some stuff too, but like, like these teams are doing the best that they possibly can, and, and, and they have limited staff. I mean, it's one thing to do stuff at home when you've got 100 people working around your team. They've got limited staff to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think clearly what we see in that floor with the Raptors and some of the rooms that the other teams, you know, how they've decorated their team rooms where players are allowed to come get food and hang out and do that sort of thing is 
uh, a lot of thought clearly went into this over the last four months that teams have been preparing for this possibility, knowing that it might be the case that this would be how we'd resume. And probably extra important for the Raptors for the reasons you laid out that, you know, their players are away from home in even longer period of time than the rest of the league. And you want to do everything you can to try to make that as, you know, create as much normalcy within that situation as you can. So the heat, um, the heat are well known for Pat Riley, um, one of the things he has done in their arena and not a number of teams have done it now, but Riley was at the first, he is, he completely papered all of the hallways in and around the heat's locker room in this long hallway that runs between the heat locker room and the floor in, uh, in Miami, which is a unique situation because it, it dumps out right behind the bench. Most teams, um, come out at the, at the ends that there's comes out in the middle, middle, like a hockey, um, uh, deal and there's this one they call it championship alley and it's got all their their photos all along the walls from all their championships there's one famous one of um of udonis haslam bleeding after taking an elbow um that's right as you right as you walk out the door there's blood pouring down his face um and the heat replicated that made their own championship alley back in their in their place in um um, in, in Orlando and, um, you were just saying that some other teams took notice of that and have done some stuff too. Yeah. So the heat have, uh, they shared a photo on their social media It's typical heat culture, basically just like what you said, but in their, like basically a conference room, which is where I guess their coaches meet and maybe players can go in before practice. There's basically wall sized posters of heat players and, uh, you know, stuff from their championship days. And so, the Lakers, I think, saw this and decided to do the same thing. But it not only is in their conference room uh, where their particular area is, but it spills out into the hallway where they put up Lakers stuff. And this is the same hallway that the Nuggets apparently share, too, and have to walk by. So I guess the Nuggets every day will see Lakers stuff up as well. But, I mean, I, I love this stuff. I think it's great. Um, I talked to somebody from the Raptors organization I've known for a long time who said that basically they have a, a, commi- they have a meeting once a week with a bunch of marketing people and basketball people. And they've been doing this now, as as KP said, for about four months since maybe like, uh, well, actually less than that, maybe since June, where they brainstorm once a week about things like this. They send over personnel from Fort Myers over to Orlando a week early before they got to the hotel to take measurements of the walls so they knew where they could stick up their posters and things like that. And they've been doing it, frankly, pre-pandemic, uh, three years ago. It started with the the Raptors' first-round series against Washington. In the visitors' locker room, they started putting up a We the North banner, and then it slowly progressed from there. Every time they were on the road in the playoffs, they would start to do things like this. You mean the visitors' locker room when they were on the road? They would sort of take it over. Yeah, And then even like Drake sent a little personal touch today. He sent candles to the players. Uh, Kyle Lowry got one, and a bunch of the players. Are they OVO-branded candles you can Uh, get on the website for... Thirty nine ninety five. I'm not. A, I'm not a Drake expert about his handwriting, but it looks like they are all personally. There's a little message from Drake to each player, and I guarantee. So, so Drake wrote message. a message to Chris Boucher. Chris. Yes. Yes. Uh, Matt uh, Thomas. Matt. This. This. You know. <laughs> come on. You got to hit some threes. Come on, man. Like that. Uh, that's. Yes. Uh, I, well, I, actually, the Chris Boucher. His. Uh, his name. His handle on Instagram is Slim Duck. So there's a lot of slim duck on the candles. Oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, look, th- th- what this reminds me of is, you know, pre-pandemic, I stayed at a lot of hotels, and um, you know, you're you're always running into college teams um, at hotels, and it is commonplace in 
especially and my sister played college softball so i can go back to her days where you know when a college team is on the road at a conference term or whatever they decorate the doors of their of their teammates um you know just if they're going to be at some place and so i've seen it you know there's a hotel i stay in in los angeles is frequented by um college teams that are that are there to play uh, usc and ucla and um, I've seen it <laughs> where they they decorate the doors. So it's actually kind of a little bit of a collegial. Um, it t- happens usually more with the women's teams, but nonetheless, it can happen with the men's teams too. Um, but it's a co- sort of a collegial thing. And I think it's really cool. And I think, you know, just in general, um, the NBA bubble, t- uh, bubble life Twitter handle is uh, whoever is doing that um, has done such a great job of uh you know, uh, aggregating all that. And so just to see that, I think, look, this is going to be tough. Everybody understands it's tough. And I, I think it's really smart. It's kind of become a little bit of an arms race is who can do some of the most unique stuff, especially as we go through this period here before we play games, Kevin. Uh, I want to note for the record here that there is an OVO things candles, but it does not appear related to Drake. And it's based in Lithuania. (laughs) So I don't think that's related. uh, Well, maybe Drake uh, is a subsidiary. Um, All right. Uh, I will say one interesting thing. So it was Damian Lillard's birthday the other day and CJ McCollum decorated his door to celebrate his birthday. I think it was his 30th birthday. Yes. Um, which made me wonder how many years is he signed for? <laughs> I already, it's many years, <laughs> but, um, uh, and it was, it was pretty clear that Dame has a suite. If you look at the door, it's at the end of the hallway. It's a double door. He has a suite. Now, in the NBA rule book, players are not supposed to actually get suites. They're, they're, they're supposed to like be able to pay their themselves to upgrade themselves. In actual practice, star players get suites all the time. Um, you know, sometimes it's the hotel upgrading them because, look, if you um, want that player to come back to your establishment and actually uh, pay himself and get a suite, uh, maybe you make sure he gets a nice room when he's there. Or if you want him to um, use more of your facilities while he's there and spend some more other money, you make him comfortable. Um, uh, and, you know, it's just one of those things that technically it's not supposed to be like, you know, Matisse Steibel from the, from the, uh, the rookie from the 76ers has been, um, showing everything that's going on in his room. I'm fairly certain that, uh, the room that Dame Lillard has, uh, is quite a bit nicer and it should be nicer, quite frankly. Uh, he carries that team. Um, so there's, so, so he's obviously got a nice room and so there's, there's some speculation here. What, you know, in every hotel, there's presidential suites, right? You know, like, who's got the presidential suite in these places? Um, Is it LeBron? You know, is it Kawhi? Um, What do you think, Olm? How do you (laughs) think? What do you think is going on there? LeBron is uh, very cautiously not shown his living quarters as yet. Well, first of all, uh, I don't know if you knew the, the little brouhaha, which was that when CJ shared the picture uh, it says presidential suite on the door, uh, the ah, double doors. Okay, and then the I NBA shared this. The NBA account shared the same picture, but scrubbed out presidential suite. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic <laughs> okay. information. Great reporting. Yeah, Great but reporting. Of course, anyone who knows has been in a hotel and has ever been upgraded to a suite. If you get the double door suite, 
you are getting the humongous suite. So you know that is a suite. Um, what I was more curious of, and and without a doubt, LeBron. More NBA cover-up. You know what, LeBron? Give, you can give LeBron three connecting rooms Agreed. as far as I'm concerned. Make them feel comfortable. Make <laughs> I Kawhi agree. feel comfortable. You know what? Put all the Kawhi's people that, that they brought down there. Put them in the connecting rooms with them to make them feel comfortable. Whatever it Agreed. takes to win a championship. What I'm more curious of, though, is on a team that has... Let's say, uh, you know, a backcourt like literal McCollum. Does McCollum get a sweep? Because if he doesn't, I kind of feel bad for CJ, you know? I'm not saying that CJ's on the same level as Dane, but he's the team's other star. So how does that so, work? Like if, like if Kawhi gets a sweep, Paul George has to get a sweep, right? This is, this is peeling back the layer a little bit. So <laughs> not like, look, during the pandemic, during this situation, the NBA is in charge of who gets the rooms, blah, 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 from what I understand. Normally during the season, each NBA team has a travel coordinator and then they even have like an, another person who's an independent guy who like will negotiate or take, well, he'll book 15 or 12 or whatever teams all together. But so the head coach always gets a suite. Usually it's part of their contract and it's functional usually because they have coaches meetings in the suite and stuff like that. They need to have like a meeting area. The head coach always gets a suite. Typically when, the general manager comes on the road. The general manager's getting a suite. Okay, of course, the owner, obviously, in the playoffs. But, you know, in talking to people over the years, it's sort of an unwritten rule. The star player usually gets taken care of. You know, sometimes if you're on, you know, one night, you know, you're on the second night of a back-to-back, um, you know, in Salt Lake City in January, you know, I don't know. Well, maybe you do because there's a great hotel the teams stay at there. But... Obviously, there's certain cities where players want it, and um, so there's like a pecking order. There's certain guys in the league who, you know, there's just like there's certain guys in the league who have their own, um, you know, trainer or have their own security guy. <laughs> there's certain guys in the league who get a suite and certain guys who don't, and I'm sure, um, you know, that that is something that some players want or want to move up to. So on some of these teams that have three and four max guys, I'll bet things are interesting sometimes at some of these hotels. Now here in, in uh, Orlando, who knows what the NBA has, uh, has planned, but I'll, but I'll, I'll bet all of the players. This is one of the topics that have come up about the players. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I was watching Austin Rivers uh, on an Instagram story, I guess, the other day. He was walking outside one of the hotels, and I guess he was getting sick. He was doing, like, a live chat with got, with uh, fans, and, and people just kept asking about LeBron. Have, have you seen LeBron? And he just said, no, I haven't seen LeBron. And as he was walking to this hotel, he goes, look, see this whole wing right here at the hotel? That's LeBron. All LeBron. <laughs> He's just basically joking, like LeBron owns this whole section of the hotel. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I've advocated for LeBron to have his own Pope mobile. You've yeah. heard me say that before. Let's, let's just hope. Let's just hope the Nuggets though were able to get Paul Millsap a new room because Paul Millsap had told us on the Zoom call that his room didn't have a window, and I don't even know how that's possible. Paul Millsap's a, well. He's not a max player. He's making thirty million. <laughs> Poor Paul Millsap, who, by the way, also detailed when we asked him about how he was, what he thought of the food there. He said, oh, it's fine. I'm not eating the food anyways because I'm on a sardines and crackers diet. Okay, so let's just get this straight. We have Paul Millsap who makes $30 million a year sitting in a hotel room with no window eating sardines and crackers. Yes. <laughs> this is hashtag NBA 2020. That's it. <laughs> um, but you just know, by the way, 
I don't know if you heard, but I don't think the Nuggets are using their whole allotment. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking. There's the other Gary, rooms available in the Gary Nuggets Harris's allotment. vacant room probably has a window. Yeah, um, I assume Jokic gets the Nuggets. We should we, if we go team by team. You know, like for like so for the Wizards, John Wall and Bradley Beal are not coming. So if there's a if there's a guy on the Wizards who gets a suite, who is it? Rui, maybe a rookie is not getting I, yeah, a suite. Not really <laughs> <laughs> uh, or did the NBA be like, you know what, we're gonna stick? You know, they're at the Yacht Club. I saw. You know, I've stayed at the Yacht Club before. I saw Stan Van Gundy. Uh, on his new Twitter feed, said that you know he him being an Orlando aficionado from having coached the Magic, he said that the team should want to be at the Yacht Club because there's better restaurant choices. Um, having seen these hotels, the Grand Floridian and the Yacht Club, I would not want to be at the Yacht Club. No offense, <laughs> I just I mean look, there's different levels of hotels, but um, um, so anyway, uh, I just think that's interesting. We'll keep we'll we'll keep, uh, keep an eye uh, on that on, on more. By the way, today there was more stuff on social media. Uh, the NBA is has constructed a freestanding barbershop. Um, it, you know, I, you know, there's going to be one at each. I don't know if there was. I don't know if they're building three. I assume that some of these you can just do it inside, but they actually are building a building that, and they have got NBA barbershop on the outside and it is it was being constructed um and there was photos of it today so i thought that was interesting um for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Uh, so the I believe the Athletic reported, although I haven't gotten any confirmation from the league on this. I don't doubt um, the report that the decision has been made about the NBA annual awards. That um, while the stats are going to count for these eight games that these teams are playing, that are quote regular season games or seeding games. Um, they have decided to freeze the award voting at March 11th, and we will vote on the awards based on what happened to that date, that these that these eight games will not be considered. Um, I have mixed emotions about this, Pelton. Um, what was your feeling when you saw that? The reason I think it makes sense is because, I mean, those games – they were a long time ago, over over four months now since the uh, the season shut down. They feel much longer ago than that, I'm sure, for all of us who have been at home for this period of time. And I think it's going to be hard to give those, you know, 55, 60 games as much weight as they deserve relative to the eight seeding games if you vote at the end of the eight seeding games. Those are going to be so much fresher in your mind. There's going to be the recency effect. Uh, so for that standpoint, I think it makes sense to do it now. And I actually would not count the statistics. It, it's weird to me that, you know, some teams just randomly get eight more games than others to accumulate statistics, especially with this different level of play after four months. To me, I'm just throwing all of those out when I'm calculating my projections going forward. Well, the machine has spoken. Um, what did you feel when you saw that? Um, I understand it, but I don't love it. Um, I I've been um, I I would love to see things play out. I, I didn't even think about it from the aspect of what you had said earlier, which was that 
maybe it takes a little bite out of these eight games where maybe somebody like a, a bigger star feels like they don't have to play as much, even though I think teams are going to try and keep them healthy anyways in the playoffs. But maybe just, they're just they don't need to prove anything in these eight games because the whatever award might be sewn up that type of thing. I, I just would have liked to have seen, I think, a little more LeBron and Giannis uh, as far as the MVP is concerned and defensive player of the year and things like that. I, I just, I don't know. It seems so long ago to go back and try to vote on that. It just seems like eons ago. Well, I mean, that's what our job is. We will do it. But uh, I, I thought the rookie of the year race, I, I even though Ja, I mean, now it's done. Yeah. You know, Ja will win it. Um, you know, also Zion left. So I guess there's really, you know, we have no idea when he's going to come back or what his situation is going to be. So um, when, you know, but the concept here is that I did not think the, the, that the rookie of the year was a closed book. Certainly, Jaw had earned it in those 60 games that he played or whatever it was, um, without question. I mean, he, he, you know, and he will get my vote. Um, but I thought if Zion was a killer in these eight games and they caught and overtook Memphis um, and got the eighth seed that, you know, I know that Zion didn't play that many games, but I, I was prepared to say that it was open in my mind. Um, and so I'm a little bit disappointed that we don't have that extra thing to look at. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, Kevin, do you think the MVP, I don't, I don't know what could have been done. I don't, you know, I don't think the number one overall seed is as much of a thing now. And, right. um, you know, I don't know how I, I don't know if the I don't know if it would, could have affected the MVP race, but certainly rookie of the year. Do you have any other races you think would have affected? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe sixth man. Uh, I'll mention defensive player of the year, but probably not given that, you know, I, maybe Rudy Gobert could have mounted a run to I think Giannis Adetokounmpo is the favorite at this point. But, you know, Anthony Davis is also in that mix and he's another player who, like LeBron and Giannis, probably won't play a lot in these eight games. So, yeah, I mean, I think six man and in, in, in rookie of the year would be the, the couple you'd maybe look at. And what do you think the six man race would have been? I mean. Well, that, I mean, that's interesting because you mentioned earlier that Montrez Harrell had to leave the bubble much like Zion did. And I think he's probably the, the favorite at this point for that award. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Yeah, I think I agree with what you said, Alm. I don't love it, but I understand it. Um, it's not, it's not worth getting riled up over, quite frankly. But uh, it is unusual. So, uh, and I don't know when they're. Gonna, I, I mean, I assume they'll have an. Will they have an awards show? You know, you know. I don't think they're going to be getting together in uh, in where were they last year? L.A. They were at a, an airplane hangar. Yes, in L.A. in Santa Monica. Yeah, um, I don't think there'll be that show this year. Uh, I, I think it would be cool if they gave it to him, you know, before playoff games like they used to. Um, but I'm sure it'll be a, some sort of made-for-TV event. But um, 
Maybe during the break between the conference finals and the finals, like that would be the equivalent of the way the NFL does it the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah, but every a lot of people would have already left the bubble. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, you know, you wouldn't have them back. But um, all right, say la vie. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening to me rant. I'm a little fired up here <laughs> on Sunday night. Sorry, it's good though. It's we're getting closer to talking about basketball. We're getting closer to it. So we have we have some scrimmages coming up this week. Um, in the next couple of days, we're going to see who's actually there and not there and hope everybody gets well. Let's have a get, great week. Let's get the bowl bowl watch going, Wendy. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy he's okay because the injury that he had, the uh, broken foot, right? It was a um, – uh, what's, what's that bone called? The navicular bone? You get you get nervous about big men breaking their feet like that. So um, – Hope he's okay. Uh, glad he's active. Um, all right. Thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.